0: I'm hosting the Short-Term Rental Workshop. You can sign up for this when you sign up for BPCon. You can do that at biggerpockets.com slash events. This is October 15th. October 15th through the 17th for the event. I am speaking at two different presentations. But uh, what you're looking to sign up for is the Short-Term Rental Workshop, hosted by yours truly, Cashflow Carl the Reverend of Real Estate, and Avery Carl. So the Short-Term Rental Workshop, BPCon, 2023, October 15th. Sign up before it sells out. Hey, guys,
1: welcome back to another episode of the short term show. I know I say I have a super cool episode every time, but this one I'm particularly interested in having grown up in an SEC football town, and that is game day rentals. And I don't think that this has been explored enough. I find it very interesting. Uh, Maybe I'll go buy one. But first, we'll introduce our really cool panel that we have to kind of talk about this. So first, we've got Jennifer Horn. Jennifer, do you want to introduce yourself really quick?
2: Sure. Hi, guys. Um, Jennifer, we have seven rentals across multiple markets. We're in Gulf Shores and the Smokies, and we have four units now here in Tuscaloosa. So we're going to highlight the units in Tuscaloosa today.
1: All right. For those of you who don't know, and I'm sure you do, Tuscaloosa is where the University of Alabama is. So big football. Roll time. (laughs) All right. Next, we have Ben Vale. Ben, you want to introduce yourself?
3: Yeah, hey guys. I'm Benjamin Vale. I'm the owner of House Hospitality. We're a short-term rental management company and brokerage um, in Columbus, Ohio, and we're also in surrounding cities, uh, Cincinnati to Cleveland, uh, so all over Ohio. We manage about 140 uh, rentals. About 120 of those are short-term, some long-term, and um, we have several near the Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio, and so we are here today to talk about game day rentals.
1: Okay, let's do this. I'm very excited about this. I love talking about things that I want to do, but haven't yet. So I'm super excited. So let's start off here. And I think I know the answer to this, but how do you choose what market you want to buy game day rentals in? For
2: us, we moved to Tuscaloosa two years ago. My husband is active duty army. So we've had a unique experience moving around a couple of years, every couple of years. So we typically buy real estate in every city that we live in. And so we landed in Tuscaloosa a few years ago. And there's a lot of money here. And we decided to capitalize on it. Um, If you don't live in the market, I just, I would recommend choosing a place that you're well-connected or can become well-connected. And as you know, you've got to have your cleaners, your real estate agents, and your contractors. Um, So that would be my recommendation if you don't live near a a large university.
3: Ben, what do you say? Yeah, absolutely. For me, I mean, it was a clear choice. I'm a graduate of the Ohio State University, all of my friends, my family, everybody from around here, it's it is a way of life and so i didn't really have any other choice that's where my business is um we're just super excited about it so you know we we it was clear for us that it was columbus and uh you know there are some that are right very walkable to the uni- to the university and some that are a little further away but that was a clear choice for us
1: yeah i guess in this particular sub asset class it might be kind of difficult to buy something at like at the school that you went to that you want to be able to go to games because that's where you're making your money is yeah. on game day. So this might be one of those sub asset classes that you kind of can't do what you can do in the larger asset class to buy something you want to vacation in this maybe not so much. So, uh, guys, I didn't give a definition of what a game day rental is at the beginning, but if you haven't figured it out yet, uh, it's for football games or baseball games or, you know, whatever school sport, I guess it could be professional also, but here in the Southeast, we're very, you know, college football only. And, um, but it could be for professional sports also, but for this particular episode, we're talking about college football. So. My first question, and I think a lot of people's question for these is, all right, we know we're going to make a lot of money on football game days, maybe baseball, maybe basketball, depending on what school you're at. But what do we do? What, or what's the seasonality look like here?
2: It's very seasonal, but there is also a lot of opportunity outside of the football. Um, you know, you have three graduations a year. Um, almost the entire month of August, you have freshmen, I mean, really all classes moving in, but it's a lot of the freshmen and family and parents coming and staying here. They'll stay here a weekend, some of them a week to move their adult kiddos into places um, in the spring. We have a lot of the um, fraternity and sorority parents weekends. So you really can capitalize on other events outside of game day. I mean, the ADR is not near as high, but there's a lot going on at major universities outside of football games or whatever sport is the draw. Um And then we have had, we had great luck. It was a a plan and it worked out the medium-term rentals. So we put nurses in some of our condos. Um, Usually they came in for three months. We had a couple of them extend to six months but they all know that they have to move out by August. Um, and so there are also professors that come in for a semester. Um, so they may rent for three or four months. Um, so this this last year we put, we put nurses in most of our units. This next year, we're gonna have it and see what happens. So we're gonna keep it open for graduation and some of those other events and then some for nurses and then compare numbers at the end of next year.
1: Interesting. Ben, what do you see?
3: Yeah, I mean, seasonality is major. And to own a rental, you know, year round in an area where it's so seasonal, it's tough. There's six home games a year. And so uh, outside of those six days, you know, you really just have to think about why are people coming to that part of town? I mean, we're a little lucky here in Columbus where the state capital, there's concerts, there's festivals. Um, so, so we have a lot of uh, reasons that people come outside of those six games. Um, but really, you know, kind of as, uh, as, she touched on as well, you know, we think a lot of, um, families come to the university, whether they're visiting their students or touring the university and showing the university to their, to their kids, um, and sharing that, that experience that they had with it. Um, so they love to make a meal, you know, we, we make the house, uh, so that they can have a family dinner and, and share that with their students. And, um, so there's just a lot of, you know, and, and also, uh, Professors will come as well uh, to do a month long uh, thing as well. So there's a couple different reasons for the university and and then also just our town. Uh, you know, there are times that we will shift to medium term as well, especially in January and February. There's not too many travelers coming to Columbus. And um, so we will use the midterm strategy during the winter. As well. I think that's.
1: I think that's a, this is a really good thing to point out because I'll, I've seen an increasing number of people who want to get into buying short-term rentals, but they are scared to do a full-on vacation market like Gulf Shores where you are, Jennifer, uh, because you could not do medium-term really. I mean, you could do snowbirds if you have a one-bedroom, maybe a two-bedroom, but if you ever needed to convert it to anything else, you, you can't, and they want oh. to have that security of being able to have medium-term renters or have other types of, of guests coming in. So I think that's something that's cool about this is you can do the short-term for these big football weekends every year. And then you do have the ability to convert to some medium or some other types of short-term because you have so many people coming in that are going to be a little bit transient just from the universities themselves.
2: And and Something that I didn't mention and was off my radar was insurance companies. So families that have been displaced, maybe by a fire or flood in their home, we had in our four bedroom home, we had a family living there while the insurance company was remodeling their home. And I probably turned away three or four insurance companies this year because all of our units
3: were full.
1: Oh, wow. That's that's good. Oh, oh I was going to
3: add too that. Uh, there's a demand from the students sometimes as well. Different times of year. You know, we have groups that uh, they checked out of the dorms at the end of one semester and they had another house, but they had a three month gap in the summer. So four girls rented the house together. Um, and then also during covid, when there was a shutdown, uh, all of the uh, flights were canceled. And so a lot of the international students were stuck. They got kicked out of the dorms. And um, that was another just a a time when the student housing need, you know, shifted to to some of the houses that we had.
1: Yeah. And that summer rental really does make a lot of sense, too, because I remember when I was living in Austin, going to UT, my first summer after freshman year, I was like, man, I do not want to go back to Starkville, Mississippi. I was like, Mom, Dad, the soccer coach says they want us to stay and train here over the summer. So I'm going to do that. And it was hard to find a place to be able to rent. Um, or even you know, it like really anything at all. So that's a really good option, and I think a lot of kids probably want to have that that option to to stay over the summer. So that's a really good idea too. Uh, what would you say are the biggest differences between running a game day rental and like a vacation rental in a vacation market? What are some of the main things that you have to do a little bit differently?
2: First and foremost, it's fun. This is very. This is a lot of fun. You know the. Gulf Shores and the Smokies can be stressful, as you know, at times, you don't really know who you're getting. Um, so our, our properties here are luxury. So you're de- dealing with a, a certain type of clientele. Um, everybody's excited. Everybody's here to have a good time. And, and it's fun. Everybody's happy. Um, and the seasonality can work for you, though. You know, I've got to be focused during football season, and then I can relax the rest of the year, you know, our, our most difficult days are, you know, we've got a nurse in here and I don't know, you know, a light bulb goes out or something like that, but we're not dealing with turnovers, you know, two or three a week, every weekend. So I really feel like you can relax more um, outside of the football season. Uh,
3: You know, I would say uh, one of the things is, is everybody's coming on the same day. So every Mm -hmm. rental in town, every cleaner in town, every vendor in town, they're focused on those days and they're very busy. So, I mean, one of the things that we'll see is uh, sometimes instead of um, preparing the day before, we're going to be preparing the week before. Yeah. We're going to be doing some of those inspections, you know, many, many days before to try and, you know, just not ease the bottleneck on Saturday. Um, so that and and also most of the time they want to come for one epic night or maybe two nights Um, but not a week. And so we really have to shift some of our revenue management strategy to lower our minimum night stays on some of those nights and increase our rates, Um, as opposed to when we're in an off-season, we're really targeting like a longer stay.
1: That makes sense. So you want to have that one night minimum. This is a market where this is kind of different than like a vacation market where you want to have that one night stay because people are probably coming in. They're going to the game. They're going out partying and leaving the next day to go back home. So I think that that's a really interesting call out here. And you said one epic night, which leads me to one of my questions (laughs) about partying. So in other types of short-term rentals, we're like, no partiers, get out, go away. Like we don't have any rooms available, no vacancy, but this is a type of guess that this is what they're coming to do they're most likely not coming to quietly sit and watch a football game and go to bed early they're coming to party so how do we get around some of these things do we do we see a lot of damage or what are what are some things that we do to prepare for that
2: I touched on this a little bit ago, but with the, with the luxury properties, at least you're getting a certain type of clientele. Um, Texas was here uh, two weeks ago and they, we had some Texas fan rent our four bedroom and we encourage the gatherings. We advertise as hosting gatherings. We have a neat property. You can see the stadium. It's walkable. So you want people to to have fun and hang out. Um, tailgate and whatnot. So they probably had 30 people over. It's the most clean I've ever had a unit return to meet and they made the beds. Um, and that is more typical in our market. Tuscaloosa has a lot of money. Um, so we have people that take care of their, our things and respect them. Now, I do think as you get probably further out into the city and away from the stadium and some of the cheaper units, you might have an issue with that. But we have not had any issues with the parties. And I, I call them gatherings and host events and things like that versus a party
1: upscale party words. And I'll do you a favor and not mention the outcome of that Texas-Alabama game on here. (laughs) I can't hear you. (laughs) Uh, Ben, what about you?
3: Yeah. So, um, you know, this is something that we deal with all year round, unfortunately, uh, is the potential threat of an unauthorized gathering. Um, So, you know, something we've had to do at our rentals just in general um, is, to limit the occupancy to the number of guests that that are on the reservation, and we have to uh, we do carry that out even on game day. So if it's a maximum ten occupancy, we only allow ten people there. Now those ten people they can have a great time. Uh, we do use Noise Aware. We have Noise Aware in every property. We do use exterior security cameras to try and prevent a huge gathering or anything like that or extra people from coming. Um, but you know, here in Columbus on game day it's a party in the entire city, um, and especially in the campus area. Um, Most of our, what I would call game day rentals, uh, we're not the only ones being loud uh, in that area. And so, you know, um, we will, you know, sometimes tell our neighbors, hey, you know, we're having a group here on on game day, uh, and we've not really had many issues on game day. Now, we do have other issues at other times, but um, and so far as damage, I would I would agree we actually have pretty high end guests that come on these game days and pay the high dollar rates and they treat the house really well. Um, they're excited. They're there with their family. They're sharing a tradition that has you know, been in their family for a long time. And those people, you know, they respect the house and um, they they write us great notes afterwards and thank us and uh, for the experience. And so we really, I mean, I will say it, it happens, but, um, and, and the other thing that we do is we have like a damage waiver protection, uh, for our owners of the house and, uh, some security deposits and some policies like that, but in, in large part, um, especially on the big games, like last year, Notre Dame played Ohio state and ESPN game day was in town. And that was a, probably our biggest ADR we've ever had in years. And most of those folks, when they came, they spent the day, the entire time out at the game, out at the tailgate, out at in the city, enjoying it.
0: Yeah,
1: I think that I think that Jennifer, you're right there that a lot of if, if you have a luxury rental, a lot of times, if it's somebody that's going to be spending that much money, it's typically not always somebody who's going to be taking care of a unit. There's a a guy in Starkville that owns like the entire, the area is called the Cotton District, which is like where all the cute little bars and restaurants where all the college kids Mm -hmm. wanna live and be able to walk to the stadium. And he's done some cool things. He actually passed away, I think last year, but like all of his units have cool stained concrete floors and they look cool, but they're also impossible to mess up. And they also have Mm -hmm. concrete. uh, Some of them have concrete, some of them have granite countertops. So they kind of, when they're renovating something that they've bought, they renovate it to make sure that like college boys can't mess it up or girls, but rambunctious college kids and partiers kind of can't mess it up. So I think there's a number of of strategies here to kind of uh mitigate that stuff, but I don't think it's something you can really truly get away from because that's what people are coming to do. But you're right, Ben, that's a really good point that a lot of times they're gonna be out at the tailgate and out at the game most of the time. They're not gonna be in the house. So that makes sense too, because I think that that's going to answer a lot of people's questions about like, what do you do about partiers?
0: This episode is brought to you by short-term rental listing advice. Join this Facebook group and post your listing to get advice from other hosts, including myself on how you can improve your listing or just post your property. So you can show off. Join us at strlistingadvice.com. That's strlistingadvice.com. This episode of The Short-Term Show has been brought to you by your friendly short-term shop real estate agent. We are hyper-local and totally dedicated to your success. Whether you want to buy your next short-term rental or sell the one you currently own, we would be honored to earn your business. We are in all of the best vacation markets in America. Find us at theshorttermshop.com. That's theshorttermshop.com. Brokered by
1: eXp. So I think the other main question that a lot of people want to know is like, just how much can you get per night on game day?
3: I'll take this one. So I, you know, I have a client that I manage a property for them. It's a five bedrooms on each side duplex. And it's about 10 minutes from the stadium. And when I took him on, you know, he said that the highest rate he'd ever gotten on a Saturday night was $400 a night. Um, But on the Notre Dame-Ohio State game, we got $2,700 a night for a two-night reservation each night. And I just say that because it's, I think a lot of hosts don't understand the value of these compression events sometimes. And just truly understanding, you know, looking at hotel rates, looking at other options of what guests have, um, we can provide an, a tremendous amount of value mm-hmm. to have a kitchen, to have a fenced yard, to, you know, to be able to bring the family and relax and have a place to really share together is something that the hotels can't provide. And, um, so it's a, it's a really great value proposition. Um, you know, we have, uh, one, uh, property near campus. That's pretty close to the fraternity row. Uh, just really right in there. And, uh, it makes about 110,000 a year gross. Um, and that's, you know, it's a, it's a large property. It, it sleeps 15 or 16. And, um, so, you know, those large groups on those big nights, uh, they do pay quite a bit. Um,
1: how much do and- you pay for that property? If you don't mind me asking or what the value so- would be today?
3: yeah i don't own it uh my client owns it but i think he's all right with this he bought it for 250. today it's probably worth 425. well so, still
1: even at 425 that's great yeah he's crushing yeah. it
3: this was one uh this is also it used to be a duplex they combined it into one unit so it's a it's got six bedrooms two bathrooms it serves large groups and the other thing i'll say is even even in off season like we had a, a swimming competition university, large groups of students will come and rent that house. Um, So there is a good demand for that large property all year round.
1: Awesome. And I think you're right, like the students renting. So when I was playing soccer at UT, like they would have to get us a hundred hotel rooms, not a hundred, but a lot of hotel rooms everywhere we went. But they were also trying to monitor us very, very closely to make sure nobody was like sneaking out to drink the night before a game or anything. And I feel like something like this would be much, it didn't exist then oh, I'm old, but now I think that's something that's probably attractive even to like coaches bringing in the teams from other places. Cause you can keep track of everybody better.
3: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Jennifer, what are you seeing over in Tuscaloosa?
2: Well, our, our ADR is pretty high. So we, we have two two-bedroom units, a three-bedroom, and a four-bedroom. And on the big games, we can get $1,000 per bedroom. So our four-bedroom property is, is running for $4,000 a night on the big games. Um, and we do actually put a minimum on... I'm, I'm a hold-your-hand type of girl when it comes to running these things. So I start with a three-day minimum. Um, You know, we've only owned them for a year, but, you know, 12 to nine months out, even even six months out. um, And then I'll price it like Ben was saying and and increase my Friday and Saturday night, drop it to a two night minimum. And then, you know, once we get within about four to six weeks of the game, I'll drop it to just Saturday nights and increase my Saturday night price. Um, But I'll tell you, amongst those units, our three bedroom is the sweet spot. We get the most per bedroom and in the three bedroom. And my theory is, you know, really here in Tuscaloosa, we're competing with the hotels. It's a small town. There are a lot of two bedroom condos out here that sleep four. Four people will cram themselves into a, into one hotel room if they're if they're looking to save money. So the two bedroom units have a lot of competition. Our three bedroom really does not compete with the hotels. You have to get at least two two hotel rooms, um, and it runs in more days than our four bedroom. So we get a higher ADR in our four bedroom, but it doesn't run as many days per year.
1: And what do you? Looking at price wise, to buy a property similar to yours nowadays, uh, we bought it
2: last year. Our four bedroom for eight twenty five. Our three bedroom condo. So the the four bedrooms a home, and then the three bedrooms a condo for four fifty. And then our two two bedrooms are right above the three bedrooms. so it's in one home for three fifty. So we paid about two million for all four properties and closed within about three months um, of each of each other. Um, we will gross about 300 this year um, amongst all four.
1: Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Luke is going to listen yeah. to this and be out the door <laughs> on his way to Lincoln <laughs> to buy something. Uh, tell him to call me. <laughs> Jim just got his license. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I actually did. I did screw around on Zillow a little bit, looking in Tuscaloosa when we decided to do this, and it's expensive. Like that's, it is I think expensive. that's one thing that it might be different in your market, Ben. But I did cruise around some SEC schools because that's kind of what I know, and then I did look in Lincoln where um, Luke went to Nebraska, and it is not cheap. It's comparable sometimes to buying mm-hmm. in a vacation market.
2: It is. And I'll tell you, even over the last year, the prices have skyrocketed. So I feel like we were really fortunate and and made the right decision to jump in the market last year because I'm not sure we could not buy these four properties today.
1: Well, there's the thing is now we're in this situation where there's no inventory because nobody wants to list their houses because they don't want to have to go they probably got a lower interest rate than what interest rates are today. Mm-hmm. They don't want to list them, so then they have to go buy something else with a higher interest rate. So I think rates. I think to me, from I'm by no means an economist, but I do pay attention. Uh, it seems like the that rate number is going to be like five and a half for people to actually start wanting to list their properties again because mm-hmm. something like eighty five percent of all mortgages are at five and a half and under, and really only like 20% are under that 3% number. So once we get to that five and a half, I think we'll see some more supply come on. But I was looking in Starkville and there is nothing, not one thing, nothing for sale in Starkville. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, it's definitely, it's rough out there right now, but if you can find something, uh, I think it's definitely a good time to get in because you can typically, because rates are higher, you've got less competition. It's harder to sell properties and you can probably get a little bit more of a discount than you would be able to if they were lower. Um, All right. So let's talk about location within the town. So do these things, are yours walkable to the stadium or does walkable really even matter anymore now that we've got Uber or where is it in relation to the tailgating area? What's that look like?
2: So we are walkable and I do think that matters in Tuscaloosa. Um, it is a small town and, and Ben touched on the bottleneck that happens on Saturdays. Um, they have the golf cart joy rides and things like that that will pick people up, but you really can't Uber um, to, too close to the stadium because they have all the streets blocked off and we are just right outside of usually where they start blocking the streets off. Um, so I do think in Tuscaloosa, it matters. Uh, you need to be able to walk. Now, walking could be, you know, two minutes or 20 minutes, and, but you're going to get a higher ADR the closer you are to the stadium, obviously.
3: Yeah. I You know, we have both. We have some that are walkable and we have some that are drivable and they both do well. There's two different types of guests, I think. Um, let me just back up as a student. I lived three blocks from the, university, from the stadium and we just walk. Every student walks to the game. Um, but uh, some families that come don't want to be right in the student housing area. Um, so a lot of times we'll get a, a nice family that will book, you know, 10 minute drive away um, and they they will love it. They will have a quiet place to sleep uh, that night as well. And um, the other thing I'll say is that sometimes we are groups, you know. Uh, sometimes a group, a family will come, and only part of them have tickets to the game, and the other part are going to watch the game at home. You know, so that is also part of our experience on some of the further out houses. We're we're leaving, you know, a nice TV and a place to cook food and enjoy the game at the house for some folks that aren't going to the game as well. So those those type of groups will like the house that's a ten minute Uber right away.
1: Yeah, I went to a game uh, in Nebraska not that long ago, or probably four or five years ago, actually. And um, they had, there was a, we went to somebody's friend of a friend's townhouse that was in the little tailgate area. I don't know what it's called. And they had that kind of setup. So it was a townhouse, but the garage was set up with AstroTurf with lines on it, like a football field, and it had a big, gigantic TV screen. So they could just sit there and keep partying with everybody during the tailgate and not have to go in the stadium. So I think that that's a really cool idea, too, if you have that ability to do something like that, because some people don't want to go like me. I don't necessarily want to go sit in the concrete stands for a while. I might for a little while, but I'm in my old age. I get sick of being around crowds and I would really just go home and, and keep watching it somewhere else. So I think that's a cool option to have for people, for those of us whose social batteries are don't <laughs> always run very
3: full. Also, we deal with weather here in Columbus. So there will be some games late in October and November where it could snow and it could rain. <laughs> and it could be a tough tailgate uh, and tough to sit in the concrete stands for three hours. So to have that nice warm house that's close by, I mean, people, you know, that's an extra value to have a vacation rental there.
1: Okay. so. How are the processes that you use? We've touched on it a little bit in terms of like minimum night stay and things like that. What are the processes that you use to really optimize these game day rentals as opposed to, you know, a more traditional short-term rental?
2: For me, it's 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 a lot of the same. I use owner res to manage all of our properties. So I try to automate everything. I try to make it as easy on myself as possible. We use the touch day. House manuals, all of that good stuff. The codes set themselves. So, And I do that for all of our properties. So my goal with all of our children is to make my life as easy as possible so that I don't have to be all hands on deck when people are checking in. And then Ben also touched on this, but we are prepping the entire week before we're prepping this week. Ole Miss is in town this weekend. So, of course, we're full um, and we've got a lot of people to plan for. Um, But yeah, and once you get your processes into place, it's really not that hard.
1: You know, something that I just thought of while you were talking about University of Alabama. So if you guys are looking for uh, like the right market to try. So the cool thing about Tuscaloosa is that it's kind of centrally located to the entire SEC. So, you know, Starkville is like 90 minutes away, all those kids and all those fans are going, whether it's a home or away game, mm-hmm. they can easily drive. And I think if you're going to do that, that's important. You know, maybe don't buy at the school that's like, you know, don't buy in Hawaii, <laughs> where right. it's really difficult for everybody to get to, you know, buy at the school that's centrally located to the rest of the conference.
2: Yeah, we did. Um, And and our first game was Middle Tennessee, which is not a huge game, but Tennessee was able to drive in. Obviously, all the Bama fans were here. So it was packed this year for our first game. Um, And and we also do parking at our rentals. These properties are all next door to each other. So we've been able to capitalize on the, the parking as well, since we're in walking distance to the stadium.
1: What do you mean capitalize on parking? Pay to park in our backyard. Oh. And we don't have a fence,
2: so um, we can fit a lot of cars on our property. And that's just what you do in Tuscaloosa. So all the homes that are within walking distance, people just drive up and down the streets, and you pay somebody to stand outside with a parking sign, and people park. That, yeah, that the really bank. It, it's it's interesting. We used a local bank for these properties, and they actually took our potential parking revenue in account on the pro forma.
1: Really? So that's, yeah. it's that much of a thing yeah. where there, oh, it's, wow.
2: it's, it's, this is such a niche market, especially in Tuscaloosa. And, and that's why we went with a local bank because we could not get anybody else to finance these for the price we were paying. They just couldn't, they couldn't see it. Um, yeah, but the parking's a big deal here.
1: So who do you pay to stand in your yard with a parking sign? Uh, my 21 year old son who transferred <laughs> in. Girl, I, we're running a parking lot though. I am not there. And if you told me I would be doing that a few years ago,
2: I wouldn't have believed you. But and that's what I meant by it's so much fun. I don't want to do this forever. We're only here for a total of four years, but we run the parking lot. We get to meet our guests. I mean, it's it is a ton of fun and it, and it gets me out of the house away from the kids. So
1: <laughs> I hear that. Uh, ben, back to process. Is there anything that you think you need to call out for our listeners about your processes running game day rentals?
3: Well, first, I just want to say that as a student, I was the parking sign guy. I was in the, <laughs>
1: the
3: house. Doing the parking. <laughs> um, but no, to optimize the rental, there's a couple things I'll say. Um, one thing we go through and look at is the amenities that our guests are looking for when they're booking for game day. I mean, I mentioned this before, but uh, a place to watch the game. You know, we want to make sure that the photos of the of the listing has all of these amenities that they're looking for and checking those boxes. Um, and so far as rates, uh, I really like what you were saying about uh, you know as you get closer, you're you're lowering the minimum night stays. We do that, um, and I will even wait a little bit and see how the team's doing and see how the yes. the, the other games shape up. Um, you know, every other year we played Michigan here at home and that's obviously an, uh, a really important game for everybody, but sometimes it's a way more important game than it is other years, depending on how Michigan is doing, you know, Ohio state's always doing great. Um, but, uh, so, uh, you know, this year, last year we had Notre Dame come into town and of course ESPN game day was here. That was well known in advance to be the biggest game of the year this year. We don't have too many big games. Um, You know, I'm really pulling for uh, Penn State and Michigan State to do a little better than they are right now so that those games are important. Um, But I will use my rate strategy based on some of this stuff. So, you know, back in August, there was not much activity booking for these game days. And now when the first game hits and people are watching the game, then their families are like, oh, you want to what game do you want to go to? Let's book a house. And so that we're seeing higher rates bookings happening a little bit closer to those games. But um, I would have just not been able to get it in July. So, you know, I'm kind of targeting and waiting and seeing how the team's doing. Um, So, uh, yeah, those are the ways that we are really optimizing them.
1: Do you guys get much traffic for other types of games outside of football? So maybe basketball or I know in Starfall we get a lot of or I say we like I own anything there. They get a lot of um baseball stuff because are there i didn't go there why am i saying r i did not go to msu um their baseball team is very good and so they get a lot of of traffic during baseball season do y'all get any other types of season traffic
2: i we had the medium-term runners and all of our units so i don't know the answer to that but my guess would be probably not near as much because i think a lot of those people are going to stay in the hotels you know they're not li- looking to you know you know, barbecue outside and whatnot like you do in football season. But I would guess for a pretty low ADR, maybe, um, but it may not be worth the hassle of a turnover and whatnot when I can just have a medium-term runner in there. But I'll I'll tell you next year because I'm I'm going to experiment this next spring and see what happens.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to hear. What about you, Ben?
3: I would agree. I mean, I always am pushing for basketball fans to stay. It just doesn't happen that much. I mean, every now and then. Um, you know, sometimes, like I was saying, the, the other sports, the teams will stay in some of our houses or the, uh, the vendors, you know, maybe, uh, some people working at the game. Um, but we don't get fans in bulk for basketball, um, baseball. I I think they have tournaments sometimes. So like people will stay for, you know, many games in a row. Um, but we, we really don't get many that are coming in for one. So, um, football is where it's at.
2: Gotcha, and, and I'll tell you. And, and Bama's basketball team, I did phenomenal last year, and um, even during that, before we had our medium term runners, I did not see a flurry of stays around those games.
1: Football's such a a social thing anyway compared to the other sports i think yeah that's that's the difference but good to know because we don't want anybody to be buying stuff and expecting to get their doors blown off during basketball season and that's not going to happen so good Mm -hmm.
3: i will say uh march madness played some games in columbus we had a lot of bookings Ah. for that yeah
1: okay well that makes sense um all right anything else that we haven't touched on related to running a game day rental that you think our listeners would benefit from hearing I, I can't
2: think of anything.
1: I've, I think we've hit it all. Covered it? Covered everything, Ben?
3: I think so. I mean, you know, just I would encourage folks that are looking to to open one of these uh, to, to be creative and think about the reasons that people are coming to that university outside of games, because that's really what's going to carry your rental. Um, and uh, so they're out there. Just find them.
2: Yeah. Um, and, and Avery, you, you touched on this just a, a little bit ago. Our worst case scenario is if we don't want to do short term rentals, we rent out to students and there is a market for that and there's a backup plan. So when we move, if we decide we don't want to mess with it today, students are paying twelve hundred per bedroom if you live walkable on the campus. And that covers our mortgage if that's the model we wanted needed or, and or wanted to go to.
1: Yeah, it's amazing the amount of money that alumni have for housing for their children.
2: (laughs) I would not pay that for mine,
1: (laughs) for the record. Um, Oh, my assistant actually slacked me a question that I didn't think of. So is theming big? Like, do you have to hardcore theme in terms of the school spirit in order to get rentals or, you know, obviously it needs to be cute, clean, comfortable, but... Do we need to theme super hard or is that cheesy?
2: No, we put some tasteful elephants in the home, but nothing gaudy or crazy because we're hosting other teams as well. And the last thing we want is for them to destroy our house because they hate our elephants.
1: So, (laughs) I think that's wise. What about you, Ben?
3: Yeah, I mean, when I first started, I all my clients and friends were saying, oh, I'm sure you, every house is scarlet and gray, right? Like it's all Ohio State themed. And what I kept telling them was actually, no, the people that rent our houses are the visiting team. And none of them want to stay in a scarlet and gray house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, to that point, um, you know, we do now have a couple that are themed. Uh, and we, of course, we target those for the, the, the home team. Um, but we have to keep some that are not. Uh, for the away team to not destroy it. Um, But, uh, and I just, that reminded me of one other thing I wanted to say about optimizing is, you know, when there is a game that we are targeting, we'll look at the team we're playing if it's Penn State and we'll actually advertise our rentals to folks in, you know, around the Penn State University on Facebook. So we will uh, specifically try to target uh, the away visiting group to visit our houses and to make it attractive to them.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I think that's yeah, very wise. And great. I think that's honestly a, a big mistake that I think a lot of people would have made is just going all out with a the theming and then realizing when drunk people come home, whose team has lost to your team, they're not going to be psyched to be hanging out in, you know, Ohio state land. So I get to
3: say this. We are opening a themed rental that is themed Ohio state and it's a two bathroom rental. The nicest bathroom we've renovated of course is very nice. And the other one is the Michigan bathroom. So.
1: (laughs) All right. Well guys, thank you so much for coming on and um, sharing your time with our listeners. If they want to find your rentals or follow you guys, how can they do that? Where can they find you?
3: Yeah, you can find uh, my company's rentals at HousePitality.io. That's spelled H-O-U-S-E-P-I-T-A-L-I-T-Y. And you can find me as well, Ben, at HousePitality.io.
1: All right, Jennifer. We are at
2: MyVacationHomeRental.com.
1: MyVacationHomeRental.com. Got it. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on and uh, keep me posted on how everything goes with your game day rentals. I think this is a really, really interesting submarket and I appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you.